we just have a really hard time as people continuing to recognize our true priorities because we don't link everything we're doing to the result that we want. That is my good friend, Dana Malstaff from the Boss Mom brand. I met Dana over two years ago now. We actually connected on Instagram. I listened to her podcast and I'm so excited to be heading out to San Diego at the end of September to facilitate and speak at the Boss Mom Retreat. And she has some amazing, amazing advice for mompreneurs to turn their businesses into success stories. And what you just heard was just a teeny tiny bit of what she offered. She's a business strategist. And Dana's great at helping people understand how they should be running their business. So take some time, just 30 minutes, and chat with Dana and me. Ever wonder how some people seem to get a ton of media coverage and you don't? Welcome to Become a Media Maven, where TV reporter, host, and news contributor Christina Nicholson shares years of media experience to help you get the media attention you and your business deserve. And now, to help you master your media coverage, Christina Nicholson. Dana, thank you so much for agreeing to take time out of your very busy boss mom schedule to talk to me. Uh, I love that you said that because I just told you before we hopped on that basically what I've done today is I took my daughter to the doctor, I got on some lives, and then I burned some meat. That's basically... (laughs) That's basically how my day has gone so far, but very busy. Yes, it was very hard for me to take time out to hang out with you today. But at least you were like attempting to cook that you had to burn something. I don't even attempt, so that's why oh, nothing I was, gets burnt. I was on a call with my life coach. I only multitask when I cook. I either have to be like listening to a training, listening to a podcast, talking to a client. I, I actually, all of my clients are just used to me eating on the calls because I don't, <laughs> I don't make time to eat lunch. I just... I'm just like, hey, if you want my good advice, you have to do it in between bites. I love it. Okay. And like I told you, I wanted you to be my first guest on my podcast because honestly, the entire reason we are here talking is because of you. We had a conversation probably, what, two months ago or something? Mm-hmm. And I told you, oh, yeah, doing a pod. Well, first you said, why aren't you doing a podcast? And I said, oh, doing a podcast, that's on my list of things to do. I want to do these other things first. And you said, no, 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 no. You need to do a podcast now and make it part of your marketing strategy. It is not something that you just do after this and that and the other. You need to start mm-hmm. it now. And I was like, oh, my gosh, Dana's right. Well, I am right. Sometimes that happens every once in a while. (laughs) But, but I, I do think that you, that, that scenario you just played out is just like a lot of us do in our own lives is we fail to see how our talents can be best leveraged. We, you know, try to make really good decisions, but we also need friends and, you know, mentors and colleagues and things around us to help us see, you know, what, see the, for you know, through the forest <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah. Um, because I do that all the time too, is I, I go to my friends that are going to challenge me. Um, those are the best kinds of friends. 
are the friends that tell you, no, 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 wait a second. Why are you doing it that way? (laughs) You're you're like, you're a a hook. Like you literally were an anchor on a, you know, on the news. You, you have a great voice. We know you can talk well. You've got great things to say. You have a good message in a, in a exploding uh, market. Yeah. There's absolutely no reason why a podcast wouldn't be your place to funnel people into like your world. And who other than the boss mom herself to tell me this? And Dana, your podcast, the boss mom podcast is amazing, amazing episodes, amazing guests. And you have an insane amount of listeners who also migrate over to your insane Facebook group as well. So, I mean, obviously I should listen to you when it comes to this podcasting thing because you know what you're talking about. (laughs) Well, I don't think podcasting is for everybody. But I do think it is a really great avenue to go down. And podcasting is only getting bigger. It's starting to outpace blogging, um, you know, and it, it acts as your blogging anyway because you, you the show notes that you have there. So you can always do podcasts and then beef up the content, you know. Um, and, and here's the thing is more and more a personal brand is important. And we have to, I mean, you know that from an ads advertising perspective, like we are marketing ourselves. So what better way to get people to know, like, and trust you than by being in their little earbuds on their way to work and in the gym and while they're burning meat like I did today and <laughs> playing with their children or trying to ignore their children or trying to ignore their boyfriend or, you know, trying to reconnect with their husband. Like, who knows? Whatever it is, you want to be in their ear. You, you, you want them to hear your voice. You want to, them to hear your – the thing that podcasts and lives and all those things get that blog posts don't is your tone, is your humor, is the nuances of how you say things and the phrasing that you say things and the the quirky aspects about you. And those are the things that people begin to feel like they know you for. Um, and those are the things that people start to fall in love with you for. And they will buy what you have even if you are one out of 100 people that have it because it's it's from you. You yeah. know, and that's, that's, that's when branding that, I mean, podcasting can truly solidify a brand if done right. No, I totally agree with you. And tell us a little bit about boss mom, because it's been around, I mean, I've known you for, I don't know how long now, two, three years or something. And you had your podcast then. So tell us how you started and what it's done for your business, because I know it's done a lot. It has. I I keep saying three years, but if I'm actually thinking about it, maybe four? No, maybe three. I don't know. I'm My kids are getting older, and so now I've lost track of time. Like, I think of things of when I was pregnant, because <laughs> I started Boss Mom when I was pregnant with my son. Or no, I started my business, like broke out and quit my job when I was pregnant with my son, and then I wrote the book Boss Mom when I was pregnant with my daughter. So I've been in business for myself for five, six years, but I have been in, uh, but Boss Mom has been around, I think, for three, maybe a little over three. And that is, um, gosh, I mean, ultimately, it was born just like a lot of people's businesses were born, which is, or movements were born, which is, um, I had a problem and I had nobody to fix it. And I was living in Columbus, Ohio, and Woo-hoo! I quit my job. Yeah, I got I quit my job, and I got um, pregnant on the night I quit my job. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, how's that? So I became a bomb. Yeah, they took me out and got me wasted, and apparently, <laughs> apparently that helps with baby making. Uh, and so I I found myself in this position where I wanted to be a mom and an entrepreneur, and I wanted to be amazing at both. 
I didn't know how to do either, which um, I'm the kind of personality that I don't like not being good at things. And uh, nobody around me had their own business and nobody around me had babies. Um, and I felt very isolated. I felt very alone. I knew I didn't want to be a stay-at-home mom. I immediately wanted to be able to put my kid in a daycare for other people to care for him. So I liked spending some time with my child, but not all the time with my child, which made me feel horribly guilty. I wanted to spend time in my business, but I also didn't know how to make that work because I was just getting started. And like people that are just getting started, I was like, oh, you can use Facebook for business. You know, it's a funny notion now where I'm, you know, I'm deep in Facebook for business. I, I actually now say, oh, we use Facebook for like friends. Like, is that, a thing? <laughs> is that still happening? Um you know, but I, I just, I felt alone. I felt isolated. I felt like maybe I was doing something wrong. I felt maybe I was crazy. That's how people made me feel. And so, uh, you know, I had in-laws that would say, gosh, why don't, like, I don't understand. Why don't you just get a job? Like, why wouldn't you do that? You know? So we moved out to California where, uh, my parents are because I wanted to be closer to my family and it was not a hard sell for my husband. Um, to leave like a negative 11 degrees like in January to come out to San Diego. So we moved out here and this beautiful, brilliant thing happened, which is all of a sudden everybody I met was an entrepreneur and there was tons of women who were moms uh, or working to be moms that, uh, you know, that had businesses. And all of a sudden there was conference after conference and there were meetups and there were all these things and, and it took away that alone feeling. Right. It didn't mean everybody was successful or I was successful or any of those things, but it just meant I wasn't crazy, you know, so it, it recognizing to put yourself in the in an environment and the right environment or get yourself out of an environment where you want are pursuing what you love and what you and what you want in life and you feel crazy for it. Get out of that environment because it doesn't have to be that way. And so I just started connecting with people and, um, and I ended up getting into a mastermind with uh, a gentleman, gentleman named Azul Tronis, who actually helped Pat Flynn, who I know is going to be on the show, write uh, his yes, book. I know Will Azul. Fly. Yeah. So Azul helped me write Boss Mom. Um, we were in a mastermind and he said, if anybody wants to write a book, um, you know, I'll give you a massive discount. And I was like, I've always wanted to write a book because I was a journalism major. And so, uh, we sat down and I thought I was going to write a book about content strategy. And I ended up writing a book about mob guilt and about this idea. And it, what was born was boss mom, which is not a title I picked. Actually, we had, I hired a copywriter to help me, uh, brainstorm like 25 titles to the book. And then we picked out three boss. It the, originally was mom boss. And I was like, Oh, I don't like that. Let's flip it boss mom put it out there it was my least favorite everybody loved it so I was like darn it okay we'll do it and then I went and had design covers designed for the book and my they picked my least favorite which is now our <laughs> logo uh which is a true testament to the fact because I have fallen in love with it right because I came at it from my like paradigm of what things were and the rest of the market came back and said like this is what we love so listen to your market um and yeah. And then from there, I was doing the exact same thing I had been doing for the previous two years from content strategy and business strategy and all of those things. Same exact thing for the most part, um, without making really consistent income at all to exploding, you know? So it's, it's like I said, with the podcast, uh, and the idea of a podcast and books and all those things, um, if you get it right, like those things can solidify a brand and um, and sh shoot you to the top. So now my daughter's three and my son's just about to be five. So lots of things have uh, have gone down since then. But yeah, we just started boss momming everything we could. And so did the book come first and then you started the podcast? 
Uh, they started pretty simultaneously. I started writing the book first, and I had actually had a podcast for my business before. It was called Expand Your Reach, um, but it was uh, and it was about content marketing, basically. But it was, um, I, it, you know, didn't have massive views. Uh, you can no longer find it because we took it down. Um, so I had already started podcasting. And I, but when Boss Mom was born, we launched the Boss Mom podcast when the book came out. So I had wrote the book first and then we launched the podcast and then they both kind of took off. I, but I tell people start a podcast before you write a book a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Cause you can, one of the beautiful things about a book is it gives you clarity. Mm-hmm. You know, it gives you clarity on your brand, on your message, on what you want to say, on the words you're going to choose, on the legacy it's going to leave. And that's, and that's an amazing experience, but a podcast can do that too. But a podcast allows you to bring experts on that will potentially be clients or collaborators or influencers, right? So you getting on their shows as well or getting invited to speak at their places. So these re- relationships start budding. Um, you get to share your message. And unlike a book that is a stagnant message that isn't ever changed, it becomes a calling card, but your podcast can be new information. So you can constantly, you know, promote new things and do new things and, and, and it, and those stay around forever. So you can call people back to old episodes. So it's so much more rich in its content. Um, and those things start picking up SEO. You know, the more you're having show notes for those topics, the more those things go in and then your people are coming on your show. So you're linking back to theirs and there's good SEO. And yeah, so it's all podcast, podcast all the way. (laughs) And the boss mom podcast is very successful and you have great guests talking about business, talking about motherhood. And then it's been so successful that you said, let me do one for the dads too. Well, that's a little selfish, but yes, um, we've had, (laughs) we've had boss dad for years we have mugs and things like that. And we're always like, what are we going to do with boss dad? But we wanted to claim it right before somebody else did. Um, and, and I'll be honest, there were just so many cool guys that I, that I was meeting at conferences and everything that are doing great things and they, or, or husbands of women in the community and they weren't getting the kind of support or forum. And now there's a couple that, um, that I've talked with that are, are starting to create podcasts this way, but there wasn't any place where they were getting this, you know, space to talk about not just how businesses are grown and how to do that, but like how to integrate that with being a a father. And I think there's a lot of unfairness that happens with this assumption that women do everything. There are plenty of dads out there that are amazing dads that do a ton. There's some dads that do it all. Um, and so I wanted to make sure there was a place for guys to get that kind of support that I would also get to interview, uh, amazing men because I felt like the boss mom podcast, like if you're not a parent and you're not a woman, I have, it's hard to find an excuse (laughs) to get you on the show. Like John Lee Dumas is like, when am I coming on the show? And I was like, well, if you could, you know, grow some boobs and have some babies, that would, (laughs) that would help. So. You know, it's but it's so it, it opened up a space for me to be able to create some new relationships, to have a forum and a space. And there are just a lot of guys saying, hey, I love listening to you, but it's weird to subscribe to the Boss Mom podcast. Do you think you could create something for us? That's awesome. And as the Boss Mom podcast grew month after month after month, you could actually see those numbers also growing in your Facebook group. Yeah. And that, and that's something I will tell people, like I didn't come out of the gate with boss mom and I was, uh, as like number one, I didn't come out with the podcast or my book being, um, 
you know, the, the new and noteworthy, those kinds of things, but it has steadily grown. We've steadily organically created community. Um, we got to 10,000 in the Facebook group within a year. We're past 30,000 now, and we don't want it to grow too fast. Um, because we need to be able to manage it. Like you can't flood in people that don't understand how the community works. We have to monitor that. I have somebody whose sole job is to get me, get, bring people in and kick people out of the Facebook group because it is truly a community, which we have to protect. And it is an ecosystem that we've created that we have to protect. Um, and so I'm very conscious of the way that we have grown boss mom, um, to not just be about, growth for the sake of growth, but, but truly being a place where women's, uh, lives are being changed because we've created a think tank and a support system that works. And it's one of my favorite Facebook groups that I'm in because everybody is so engaging. You're always popping in there. You're doing different, um, Facebook lives and offering your value. So let's talk about your value as a business strategist, or if we want to get fun, a blind spot reducer. I know. Well, you know, you always got to think of that one phrase. It's like everybody's a business strategist. Yeah. So, um, yes, let's talk about my value, Christina. That's a great idea. (laughs) 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 I just, that's a funny, funny phrase to think about. Um, yeah, I love to brainstorm. I, for the people that like truly know me, I am, I'm an extrovert. I'm a talker. I'm a thinker and I'm, I'm, I love concepts. So I love discussing ideas, what they could be. I love coming up with terrible ideas. I love coming up with great ideas. I love coming up with ideas in the middle. I love challenging people. I love being challenged. And so when I created the Boss Mom community, that's what I wanted was a think tank where we could all challenge each other and almost like a a focus group, you know, of, of your ideal client to help us make decisions in our business. And the thing that I find is that's what keeps people from really being successful in their businesses is, is making decisions. And we, and I truly feel that we feel guilty as moms and as women and as entrepreneurs, um, because we're not confident in the decisions we make. So when people talk about like work-life balance, I think that's, that's the thing that they're missing is, you know, we worry about work-life balance because we're not confident that we're making good decisions about where we're spending our time and who we're spending our time with. So that when you are busy at work, you feel guilty. And when you're at home and not getting things done at work, you feel guilty. But if you felt really confident about the decisions you were making, then you wouldn't feel guilty. You would say, no, 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 I'm, I've spent this time with my kids and we're going to do this. And I'm, I'm here in these places because I know I have this launch going on this week and I need to be here. And I, and so I don't feel bad about that. I know I'm making conscious decisions. And when it comes to the whole blind spot reducer component, the more that you feel in control and aware of all of your options, the easier it is to then make decisions and make conscious decisions. The more that you feel like you understand the environment and what the goods and bads and pros and cons of things around you, um, the more equipped you feel to make decisions and therefore guilt has no place um, where confidence lives. So a lot of what I do is I help people map out what their businesses look like, help them map out what their, you know, sales funnels look like, map out what they should be doing during the day that's going to actually be able to be leveraged the most. So I help people make decisions in their business. I mean, when it really comes down to it, uh, I have a ton of content, a ridiculous amount of content, and I have over 20,000 people in courses. I, you know, got courses all over the place from small to big, because that was where I first made money was making online courses. But 
when you distill it down, like I help people make confident decisions in their business so that they can not only be successful, but feel good about it. Now I'm going to guess what a struggle is for you and tell me if I'm wrong. You Uh-oh. can Am I going to ma- cry? <laughs> no. Are you going to make me weep? Is this one of those shows where the news anchor <laughs> makes you weep? I promise it's not. So I'm going to guess you are mapping everything out for them and you are telling them like, this is what you need to do. Step one, step two, step three. But I feel like your challenge is you cannot make your clients do it. Well, yes, yes and no. Um, I have I have a life coach that I recommend out to many many people <laughs> because uh, because of that if I can if I can hear blocks that people have where it doesn't matter what I tell them um, usually they are blocks between how they feel the world is internally and how they see the world or how they're being you know portraying themselves externally from a brand perspective so someone will say oh well my brand is this customized one on one thing so I can't make an online course because I'm, it's not customized or one-on-one, but I want to pay you to help me make a course. And then I'll be like, well, you're never going to put this course out. This literally, you're just going to stall on creating this forever. So you need to get past that block. Um, so yes, there are absolutely blocks, but I will say that when we can use like questions, really good questions to lead people down their decision path, why they make decisions, what they actually want, where they want to go, what it looks like, what they could do every single day to get there. Like you can get people into distilled down to the things they need to do every single day to take action. Um, and, and systematically what they need to do every single day to get results. Um, and, and honestly, a lot of salespeople do it. I, you know, I talk a little bit about how, we leave corporate America and we almost, you know, shun all corporate America things. Like, no, I must do it different. Like they have a business plan, no business plan for me. That's so corporate. And, you know, like, oh, they've got sales reps that, you know, make all these calls and have these methodology. Like, no, I'm not going to do that because I'm going to do an authentic business from the heart. And then you have a ton of people trying to run businesses that they're not getting any success from because they're not methodical and they're not really understanding how their actions link to results. So if you can help people understand how their actions link to results, and I do this with content, we call it your free to pay journey. Like the amount of people making rogue blog content or rogue podcast content or rogue any content is what I call when that content links that links can't link succinctly to anything that you actually sell then we're just wasting effort. And people say, yeah, but I'm being helpful. And I'm like, yeah, but you're not being impactful. You know, like we can be helpful all day long, but if we're not really doing things that guide people down a journey to true action, then you're being helpful without being impactful. And then no change ever happens. So you can keep people down there. Down there, it just, you gotta be able to see, and it's taken me a while, but you've gotta be able to see where the blocks are something I can help them get past or the blocks are something someone else needs to help them get past because I'm way more of a consultant than I am a coach. I don't help people like realize that for themselves what they need. I help talk with people to understand what they need. And then I say, this is what I hear. This is what you need to do. And let's do it. And let's take some action. And that's so important. I feel like that's what every single person who is even thinking of starting a business needs. Because, you know, I mean, I think we've already given two or three examples on why you need that outside perspective. Like I needed you telling me, Christina, why are you waiting until you get these other things done? Just start the podcast now. And I'm like, Oh yeah, you're right. Like you need somebody on the outside to look at what you're doing from a different perspective. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I say surround yourself with friends that do that. So my friend Dawn, I'll tell her something and she, her favorite statement back is, and so now I don't even need to ask her sometimes. I just say, what would Dawn say? And she would say, would you give your clients that advice? And half the time I go, oh, darn it. I would totally tell my client to not do that, but I was going to do it. Yeah. Cause we're not good at the thing. We're great at giving advice for the thing we're an expert in and terrible at executing it for ourselves. My friend Kelsey will literally say, can you cut it in half? Can you cut it in half? Can you cut it in half? So instead of, you know, having the, what was it? Benjamin Franklin that said that, you know, some quote about, you know, I could give me an hour and he could, you know, write a book, but you know, if you only give him an hour to write a paragraph, it's impossible. And as a journalist, you know, like in college, everybody else is writing 15 page papers and complaining about it. And I was like, are you kidding? I have to write one paragraph about this entire entire book and my whole grade is writing on it. Like you got it easy. Mm -hmm. More words is easier. So I surround myself with people. And with you, I didn't, I, I didn't just say, Hey, you should start a podcast. My question was of everything else you said you need to do before a podcast. Why are those things more impactful than starting a podcast? And you just, you said for a second, you're like, oh, actually, I, I guess they're not. Like, yeah, I guess, here's all the things a podcast would do for me and, and make me happy and I'm good at and all these things. Yeah, I guess, I guess you're right. Because we, we just have a really hard time as people continuing to recognize our true priorities because we don't link everything we're doing to the result that we want. We go, oh, I just need to be in social media. Like, oh, I just need to be doing this because everybody else is doing it. Oh, I just need to be doing webinars. Oh, I just need to have courses. Oh, and, you know, and the fact is, is that not all of us need those things. And most of us that are going to end up having those things need to do them in a particular order for them to be successful. And so there is a there is a logical way to build businesses while still allowing ourselves, like from a woman perspective, to be like emotional and authentic but come at things from a very logical, methodical, focused space. Um, and that makes all the difference because you can totally waste your entire life trying to build a business and be online and never, and never get anywhere. Yeah. And I think a lot of people do that. And I, I think it also goes back to something that I've learned in my last three plus years of being on my own is that there's a big difference in doing what you want to do and doing what you need to do. And lots of people, they want to do the fun stuff. They want to do the branding and the photo shoots and the pretty website, but, and they think all of that will eventually lead to money when really you got to make sales, making sales, getting on phone calls, networking events. It's not fun, but that's what you have to do to grow a business. The other stuff is just kind of extra that will help you along. Yeah. One of my favorite examples is they call it the 20 mile March. So there was, and I, I really do need to go look up where this article is. Cause I, I've been referencing this for like a year or two we'll and I need to go and put find it in the, the article. Show notes. Yeah. So the 20 mile March is basically, there was like two groups of, you know, um, that were like trekking up a mountain and one had the methodology that when they were tired, they rested. And when they were energetic, they would go until they couldn't go anymore. So they would do 40 miles a day. And then they, you know, would everybody be tired and they would rest for a day or whatever. And so there's a lot of inconsistency. And the other one did 20 miles every single day. If they were tired, they did 20 miles. If they felt like they could do more than 20 miles, they still stopped at 20 miles every single day, rain or shine, sick or healthy every single day. And at the end of the trek, like half of the people on the inconsistent team died (laughs) and everybody on the other one reached the summit. And so the idea is, is that consistency 
always wins. Consistency always wins. And, and it's not just like, oh, yeah, okay, Dana, well, then I need to post consistently, like in my Facebook group. No, no, no. It's like consistency of habit, not consistency of content. So I want to make that, that a distinction. Consistency of habit always wins. So if you sit down and they're like, they're called performance metrics or performance goals, and you sit down and you say, what are three things that I can do five days a week, like every single day that are going, that are just three tasks that are going to actually move my business forward. So I write one promotion email every single day. I do two outreaches every single day and I do two follow-ups every single day. And that might be a follow-up to a proposal or a follow-up to a connection for the, a podcast. You know, the outreach might be about somebody saying they're interested in the retreat. It might, you know, it might be a connection. My emails are something that might be about just educational. It might be promotional, like whatever that is, those three things I know help establish my business. And I've had people that say like, oh yeah, well, I, I Pinterest is going to be the thing for me. I just got to get my Pinterest strategy going. And I'm like, why don't every single day you just make one Pinterest image that leads to a blog post or leads to your opt-ins? Just one every single day. If you created a consistency of habit for, for things and small tasks that you knew would drive your business forward, you would create a consistent habit that leads to success. And that, and that's what we don't do enough as entrepreneurs is we just don't create a consistency of habit. And you can see the people that are really successful have, have done that and they do it well and they stick to it. That's amazing advice. And you know where else you could get more amazing advice like that? Do you know where, Anna? <laughs> I have, mom I have no idea what you're talking about. That was a beautiful lead-in, by Do the way. Do you like that segue? It's like you know what you're doing. You like that segue? I may have done that a time or two before. The Boss Mom Retreat. I'm so excited because I will be there in San Diego. I've been trying to get you to come. I know. I've been trying to come too. This <laughs> this bitch named Irma held me up last year. I know. We were so close to getting into the last one. That's a storm for oh. everybody. Uh, but yes, I'm so excited to come. And this is um, like the the series finale of the Boss Mom Retreat. So it's going to be a good one. Yes, it is. Yeah. And, and I'm um, so I've had some several things happening in my life. I'm going through a divorce. My dad, my real dad is very sick. Like there's just a lot of personal things happening. Um, so there's that side. But also I recently got a certification in something called Appreciative Inquiry. And we infuse that into... Um, into the boss mom retreat, which is, it's all about, uh, collectively leveraging our strengths to solve problems on a system wide level. So it's not just, you know, so that we do things that aren't just about moving our businesses forward. We're doing things that collectively move mom entrepreneurs forward. Um, and, and there's some just really fun things we're doing, but I, I want to be able to explore some of that. And the boss mom retreat is like planning a wedding. So we're, we're going to continue doing one day workshops, We'll do four of them next year on the four corners of the nation. Um, but uh, I want to be able to give myself space to explore um, other events um, that are are strictly appreciative inquiry based, uh, which is just something that I've you know I'm passionate about. But yes, the retreat three days. There's karaoke. There's dancing. I generally make ridiculous jokes. I make a lot of relationship references. Um, there is. Like everybody walks away with an inside joke. My goal is for everybody to cry once, laugh once, walk away with an inside joke, walk away with the client and walk away hiring somebody. That's an amazing set of goals for the retreat. 
Yeah, that usually happens. 80% of the women that leave our events say that they've gotten tangible business. That's awesome. I'm so excited about it to meet people. I'm going to be speaking. You also have some other amazing speakers too, who are going to be, um, teaching and sharing value and it's just going to be so much fun. Can you tell us who else is going to be there and what else we can expect? Yes. So the lovely Amy Porterfield is going to be at the event, um, talking about leveraging, uh, platforms like podcasting for your business. Um, Pat Flynn actually came to our first one. So he did a cameo, um, at our first event, uh, which was surprise (laughs) appearance. Oh yeah. It was a surprise appearance. Only we led him to, um, we led him to the pump room because, you know, it's a boss mom event. So we always have a pump room. And I just assumed that because it was while every, I was on stage that nobody would be in there. Nope. It was full of like seven women. Half of them had their tops <laughs> off. He walks in and they're all like, they all have pumps on. And they're like, hey, Pat. And he just sat right down and started chatting with them. Like, that's why my girls love him. But yeah, so you can <laughs> you that's can ask him when hilarious. he's on your show about his uh, experience. <laughs> um and yeah, but Amy Porterfield's going to be there. We have Vivian Glick, who is, uh, she runs the foundation that I support called Just Like My Child. And she's going to be talking about how to build purpose and philanthropy into your business to actually drive business. Um, we have speakers on revenue generating um, platforms, which I love. So we have one, um, Mary Catherine coming to talk about messenger bots. Um, we've got, uh, let's see, we've got Facebook ads. Um, Instagram, um, we have, uh, strategic partnerships. We have like, par- uh, project management and how to like turn everything into projects. Um, we have Amazon. So we have speakers that are doing these like TEDx talk sort of things where they talk for 10 minutes and then we take questions for 20 minutes in an interview style. Um, and then at the end of the second day, Natalie Gingrich is coming in to do strategic mapping with everybody, um, so that we can take all the things that we've learned and actually figure out how, what, which ones we're going to take with us, which ones we're going to implement that would work best for us, um, set a plan. And then the third day is implementation day where we have no speakers. We just have a few kind of little networking exercises and it's all about solidifying relationships, getting some work done and, uh, and really allowing the things that we took in to sink in, um, to give ourselves time to learn or think about how we're going to implement them. So it's, this is our third one and we take the flow of it very seriously. And our, our, one of our secondary themes is playfulness. So we actually have some really cool, fun exercise that I do not want to tell you about because they are a surprise. Um, but I will tell you that the last one, there was crying, there was laughter, there was, yes, they're like these intense moments of clarity and connection that we want to get women to, um, and have fun at the same time. I am so excited. This is, um, happening at the end of September in downtown San Diego. I will link to it in the show notes as well. Dana, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It is a blast as always. You're one of my favorite people. So Everybody you are listening, one of my favorites. Yeah, everybody listening should follow you and worship you, as you know, obviously. <laughs> shrines, if if, we, if you should have like a, you know, like an on Amazon, they can just go buy a shrine of you. I'll get one made. I think that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll turn it into a thing. If people want to find out more about you, where can they find out more? Yeah, go to boss-mom.com and that'll get you to our Facebook group, our podcast, uh, connecting with me personally, um, all of all of the fun, all our free resources, all the stuff, all the things. Awesome. Thanks, Dana. Thanks for having me.